Okay, so I'm from Spain. I've been here in Miami already five years. So I consider Spain collectivism culture. So we give so much importance to the system, to the family, to people that we have around us. And I think that influenced me a lot of being aware of the people that we have around us or to taking care of my family or to not think yeah, about myself as an individual. So something that we have in Spain is a lot of quality of life. People are very focused on free time, on enjoying, and not that much on, mm, I will say, working, right? Of like losing time because time means money and all that. So I think that's the mentality that we have in Spain. Of Every time that we have one day off, it's like amazing, right? So I think that quality of life that we have there is super good. But there are other things that is one of the reasons I came here is that in Spain, we don't have that cultural diversity as we have here. So our mindset, I will say it's very close. We are not used to have different different mindsets, different cultures. So right now it's changing, of course. And so many people of Latin America are coming. But even though it's changing we don't have access to those people. So that culture that are coming to, those cultures that are coming to Spain, they are in like in, in certain places. So it's hard to have access to those people. As different as here, that you are walking on the street and you have, you can talk with so many cultures, right? In, in a range of like five minutes. So I think that's something that we don't have in Spain and that impacts us when we are outside our country, how we relate to each other, how we talk to people from different culture, how we tolerate different ways of thinking. So that's something that we will need to improve. And, but that's something that impacted me as well. Okay, so what, what in terms of being a therapist, I mean, how, how, did you, how did you get to this path? Was it something in Spain? I mean, yeah, what, what led you to becoming a therapist? So this is like a powerful story, I will say. And this is story I'm going to share is where I started to develop my core strengths, I will say. So in my childhood, I had dyslexia and uh, learning disabilities and ADHD. So it was hard. It was challenging for me to understand a, a, how I have to study, how I have to, yeah, like how I have to study, how I could pass tests, even though I study a lot, I couldn't pass any tests at all. So it was super frustrated for me. And I remember one after, yeah, one day, one of the, the schools that did a test to all the students. And she told me that I was not able to study anything unless arts or any artistic thing. So it was a shock for me to receive that no from someone that I was not able to do, to study anything, even history or math or like not doing anything, right? So that was very impactful for me. So that's one of the reasons of, of studying psychology. I don't want people that have gone through that situation or that emotional struggles of being frustrated to thinking that there is a barrier of things that they cannot do. So I wanted to study psychology to, yeah. Do you want to? Oh, no, 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 I was listening. So there's something that. Okay. So, 
So that was one of the reasons of if I was a psychologist, not being the one saying no to someone and, and helping that person to be understood or to understand their emotions in order to face those barriers that that person was having in my in that case was me right so but something really important is to recognize all the pressure that I was putting to myself because my sister which was one year younger than me she was a, a brilliant student so for my self-esteem was super hard I fail everything I will be in her class so that was super hard so recognizing that that was okay that I don't have to put pressure on myself I have my times, my way of learning, I have to accept that. And since I accept that, I start having every, all A's. So that pressure was stopping me from facing that challenge or that barrier of passing the test and passing the grades. So that's one of the reasons that that's why I choose uh, being a counselor or a okay, psychologist. Cool. Thanks for, for sharing that. My, mine was a little bit uh, similar, a little bit different, but, but what, did you study psychology in Spain as well? Yes. My undergrad was psychology in Spain. And then I worked there for two years and then I moved here to do my master's in counseling, in mental health. And what, what type of work did you do in Spain? Well, in Spain, it's interesting because I was doing internships and it was like in private uh, practice or as a sports psychologist in the in a football club. Mm -hmm. But then I worked in human resources to see how I can combine the clinical side and the corporate or business uh, model. Okay. And then in terms of studying in the, uh, at Barry, how, how did, uh, what led you to talk a little bit about how you got into the trauma, the trauma work? Um, how I started in doing trauma work. Right. Yeah. So as you know, I studied in Burr University and I had to do my internship. So um, in all my masters, we've never talked about trauma or we've never studied any type of intervention about trauma. I know that there are many ways of working about with the past, but there was something as I, I used to travel to countries in need, for example, to Puerto Rico after a hurricane to see their resilience and to help them, um, help them emotionally. I found out like I need to learn how to help them in therapy to work with their pets and their traumas. So, and as well, before coming here to, I'm sorry that I talk a lot, but before coming here to Miami, I, I, I went to my psychologist and I wanted to work on my past. And she, he, she, she told me I don't work with the past. So I was like, I need to study and to develop some tools in order for, for me to work with the past. So that's one of one of the reasons that I started doing trauma, and I did the TIR technique, and I'm a TIR. Um, yeah, so a little bit. Tell how did you get into TIR, TIR from the internship? What what led you to the TIR? Yeah, so my internship was in Trauma Resolution Center, which they only provide trauma. They only use the TIR technique, so it's not talk therapy. Of course, we do exploration. That is not talk therapy. If that person is not ready to do trauma work, then we'll refer that person to, to talk therapy or to another type of therapy. So, and I've been there for three years already. And yeah. what, can you talk a little bit, explain the, the TIR method a little bit? 
Okay. So the TIR, there are many techniques of trauma work, but TIR is a technique that helps the client go to the past, to that traumatic incident or experience that has a very negative uh, emotion for them or is very charged emotionally and to trigger the amygdala, like to relieve the incident in order to be able to manage their emotions as if the incident is happening again, right? So, and we'll, of course, there are different techniques in TIR, but one of, of, of them is repeating the story over and over again until there's not any negative charge from that incident and that person or the client has gone into a conclusion or an endpoint. And it has like, it's an an evidence-based practice and it goes super well, super good. Cool. So (laughs) what, uh, yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about the the, the free conversations. How did uh, did that come about and how, how long have you been doing that? So the first idea, well, I, when I came here, I was very ch- shocked about the confidentiality when I moved here to Miami. In Spain, everything is more like open. Everyone will talk about anything. But here it's very confidential, everything. But my goal has always been, or I've always think about like being in a like strategic kind, for example, in the metro, in the metro mover or in those places where there are like many people to be able to give that support to people that are just struggling with something in that moment. Uh, because I've seen so many people in streets crying or dealing with something on the phone, something like that. So sometimes you don't have an appointment with your therapist in that time. So being able to have free access to that conversation with somebody. So I was thinking of doing like a photo booth, like where you have curtains and you can be inside right. and talk with somebody. But I was like, it's going to be hard to create that. So I just said like, Let's go and be in the middle of the street with two chairs. Let's see what happens. And that's why I, I started that free conversation. When did you start it? How long ago? Well, I started, I think, two months ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I thought it was recent. Cool. Yeah. And how many times have you, have you done it? I've done it three times already. And what, how, how, has the, how has it been? So, it's interesting because I thought, I thought it was, it was going to be very hard. People were going to be like, mm, everyone is looking at me, so I don't know if I'm going to sit there in that chair talking to you. So um, I thought it was going to be, there were going to be many challenges, but it was interesting that so many people told me like, oh, I will come back, I will come back. And they came and the environment or the energy that we created in that space, even though everyone was looking at us, was amazing. People were sharing challenge about or side effects of 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 the covid period of time how covid had impacted your lives or other things and they were very into it they were not aware of what they have around them they were just focused on, on the present and in the conversation and that was very amazing i mean i could stay maybe with each of them half an hour or oh, something nice. like that so it's a lot and well, I mean, one of the things I've noticed, I mean, but you're, you're coming from a different reference point. I'm from, I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I've been in the Miami area for about 12 years, but I've found 
I think comparatively to some other place in the U.S., that there's a lot of, I feel that in Miami, there's a lot in South Florida in general, there are a lot of traumatized people, maybe more so than other places. Do you, I'm wondering what's your, you know, your opinion about that, or if you find that there's something about Miami that draws a lot of people with trauma or. Yeah. So of course there are, there is, everyone has gone through trauma, but yeah. in Miami specifically, I think there's complex trauma. Mm-hmm. So a lot of immigration, right? It, it makes a lot of, because of that power of control of being kind of illegal. So there's a lot of domestic violence situations, <laughs> sex abuse, of course. But yeah, I think there is a lot of complex trauma here. I've worked as well with doing home counseling with in Liberty City with African-American population oh, wow. and that has been like an amazing experience, but most of them are born already with PTSD. So it's super hard because you have to combine trauma with psychoeducation, right? Or sometimes they are not ready to work on that trauma and because they need that support or that education to help them be ready to work on their traumas. Or to have that back. Yeah, I, I, I did some of the in-home counseling, too, uh, when I was uh, getting my license. Uh, not in Liberty City, but in, in uh, like Miami Gardens and some other uh, neighborhoods that were uh, not that different. But yeah, the, I, I found actually, um, I don't know about you, but, but my experience doing the in-home counseling, it was... It was actually more the uh, the people, other the organizations that I that I work with were more traumatizing than the actual the work for me than the clients. <laughs> but I don't know how yeah. it's been for you with with that. But that's true. Well, yeah. you have had more experience than me. Um, no, I'm, I'm asking you. Well, I, I, no, I was asking you about the. I, I actually found the uh, some of the the working with the agencies were more. Yeah, they made it more difficult huh? than the actual uh, clients. But yeah. That could be, yeah. yeah. But I, I only stayed there for six months okay. doing trauma work yeah. because I was noticing I was having so many clients. I was not having that support of the agency of like self-care and knowing that I was going to a risk environment. So I, I developed PTSD yeah. or vicarious trauma after those six months. So I had to take care of myself, <laughs> but I really enjoyed that experience. No, I remember one of the first clients I had in one of those in-home counseling that, that the first day I got there, that there was like no furniture in, in the house. Mm-hmm. And the, the the mother said that her like ex, her kid's father tried to kill her. And that's, and they had a whole incident. And, and it was, you know, I was like, I, and I just like walked in the house then. And I was like, oh God, but what am I getting myself into? But, but it was actually, it was, yeah, it was a meaningful experience, but it was a little bit. Yeah. And, and have you had any experience of, of being as a therapist with those people, those populate that population, and not mm, maybe not accepting or having any type of discrimination or something based on on maybe your culture, maybe. Oh, you, if that's what you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit. I didn't think. I mean, I I was sort of aware of that, like myself. It seems a little bit weird. Like I'm, yeah, I'm like going into the African-American or some mm-hmm. Haitian-American environments and, and then being a, a white male, it just it does seem a little mm. bit weird how like it's, yeah. But there was a little bit, uh, I think, but it wasn't that bad. But I mean, I also thought it was more that it's like 
that I'm sure, as you know, that a lot of them are like, they're kind of forced to have the therapy. So you're kind of like a, kind of like a quasi like authority figure. And it's also a little bit makes a little bit awkward. I'd I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's because I have an experience that, Right now, right now it came to my mind one time that I was scheduling that appointment appointments with my clients in, in New Jersey City I remember and because I have a strong accent and I know that I called them and they were like oh no I want an African American therapist right. and I was like I really understand you because you have that connection right but I told them like okay there's not a ther- American therapist African American therapist in your area give a chance, give me a chance and ha- let's have a, a one session and let's see if that works or not. And I remember I, because of that, I started developing like a really strong bond and giving them the chance of being with someone that was from another culture because they live in that kind of uh, place where they are all involved always with their own culture. So having that opportunity I really appreciate them giving that, me that opportunity of being in their culture, in that area. So, yeah, well, I mean, but I had of, that experience. One of my issues was, I mean, you don't have this. There's a lot of the other clients were only Spanish speaking. They wanted somebody to speak Spanish and mm. or, or the kids would speak Spanish. But the, I mean, the kids could speak English, but the parents couldn't speak English. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would prefer because in those kind of situations, I would prefer the African-American people because they, they speak English. Ah, uh, OK. That's All right. Good. So any any other particular techniques that you use with trauma or the TIR is the main? main thing that you, you uh... well um well i think tr- like emotions as trauma is any emotional impact i think emotions are super important we don't pay attention to that that much we have so many defense mechanisms to put those emotions on aside but there are so many people that maybe are not ready to do trauma work of like repeating the story so there are different ways of doing, for example, conversational uh, TIR, which makes it not that structured and helps you to deal with your past experience too. So, and in trauma, it's person-centered. So we never force the client to talk about their trauma if they are not ready. And we do so much of exploration to know, to understand which is the root, how the traumas are connected, and to see which is the direction that we need to go in order to to help you manage your, your emotions. And so is all your family from Spain? Yeah, well, my dad is American. Well, my grandfather was from New York. Oh. Uh, he moved to Spain with the American embassy and he met my grandmother on the street. That's why my dad was American and then I, I become American. Okay. All right, so if people want to get in touch with you, what, what's the best way to get in, in touch with you? Um, well, uh, they could do it over, over the phone. I can provide my phone. It's easier. Maybe if you have an, an Instagram account, my, uh, Instagram account, it's M I and then counselor C O U N S E L O R. And then there you could find my website to schedule an appointment. Uh, and all that. So, so you're not, well, I, well, actually, maybe I should assume, but are you, uh, I saw your name. You're, you're, 
Are you re- related to Julio Iglesias <laughs> or Enrique no. Iglesias? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but I used to say that it was family of him when yeah. I was younger to be cool. <laughs> well, I thought, I mean, you never know. I mean, there was somebody that, that had yeah. a name that was a Portuguese name and I asked them if they were related to the singer and they happened to be, so you never know. Yeah, that's true. You never know, but no, I don't <laughs> sing really well. I wish. All right. Well, any, any, also that one of the things I, I any, any particular books about trauma therapy that you like that you've, one, what's one of your favorite books? Well, <clears throat> there are many, it depends, but for example, there's one, I don't know in English, but it's about, it's of Victor Frank. I don't know if you Victor know Frankl, him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, which is, El hombre en busca sentido. So I imagine in English is, well, it's his story of how to um, control your mind in order to be able to survive in, in, yeah, in, a, in extermination camp. Right. So I think that's amazing. Thanks of that book, I started doing, starting kind of psychology and trauma. Okay. So um, I think that's good. It's good. That book is good. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I, I found in, you know, in Miami that a lot of people come from uh, like Cuba, Venezuela, Russia, they're coming from a lot of formerly communist or current communist countries and come to Miami. And I feel that that impacts the, the culture and the yeah. psychology of, of people here. A- any any particular quote that comes to mind that you like that, that relates to trauma? Uh, that it relates to trauma. So I will say, uh, and this is something that I always tell myself that after every challenge, we develop a new strength. So I will say that's my favorite quote. Okay. That don't prevent yourself from suffering because suffering is part of your journey. But remember that after every experience that you go through, there is something, there is a strength that you will develop. But you have to work on that to be able to find that strength. Okay, and then with the uh, the free conversations, or do you plan on doing that uh, like a regular schedule? That when would be the next one? The time you're doing that? Well, I wanted to do it every Sunday, but I will be changing spots. Uh-huh. But it's very hard. It's been very hard, rainy, so it has been impossible. But my plan is to do it every Sunday for sure. What time? So normally I do it uh, in the morning, like from eleven to one. If it's very hot, I will go from 10.30 to 12.30, something like that, two hours. Yeah, there was somebody that, that, that well, I was interested in this idea and that, that she had a similar kind of thing that she made it kind of struck, well, somewhat structured. It was like called uh, sidewalk talk, I think, that she's been mm-hmm. to the therapist in um, California. But one of the things that that kind of, I mean, I like the concept, but she was very, yeah, she seemed to be very kind of rigid about that you have to go through this training and, and it's like about sort of selling her I got a little bit turned off to it, but I mean, I like the other concepts, but it was, she just seemed to be rigid about con- controlling her brand of it. Ah, okay. Well, you're invited. You can do it with me okay. whenever you want. All right. I'd like, yeah, I would, I'd like to uh, take you up on the invitation sometimes. <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, Marta. Well, nice. Thanks for chatting with me today. Any, any other like things you want to share or before we go? Well, thank you so much for uh, having this conversation with me and giving me the opportunity. I know that you know more my more about me than I do about <laughs> you. So, 
So, yes, you told me that you are not from Miami, right? Well, I I was born in Washington, D.C., but I grew up in in this town called Bryn Mawr, uh, Pennsylvania, which is outside of like it's basically Philadelphia. It's a suburb, Philadelphia. Okay, so you're being in different states. Yeah, but um, I've been in the Miami uh, area for the past like 12 years. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. And what is your experience in Miami? What do you like of, of being here? I mean, I like the lifestyle. I like the warm weather. That's one of the reasons I came here. I mean, I do like the, there's always things going on and the diversity. One of the things I don't, I mean, one of my observations, I mean, I don't know if you've found it compared to Spain, but I felt that a lot of people are a little bit like, if you say hi to people in the street, they're often not so friendly to respond or like acknowledge you. Whereas other parts in the U.S., people would be more friendly and, and stuff. And, mm. and I think that's, uh, yeah, due to the culture here and due to different, different factors. But I mean, that's one thing that yeah. I really appreciate here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So many people talk about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, I mean like you, you were saying you're stripping how you got into therapy. I, I got into it actually when I was like, when I was around 12 years old, I got in a lot of trouble in middle school. I, I didn't do anything to now and looking back at it, it wasn't really that bad. Like, for example, I had this like watch that made like chicken and rooster noises that I'd like press that in class and I would get detentions. And then I, I went to this psychologist then and they, they told me they thought I'd be a good therapist. And that's sort of mm. how I got into it. Nice. Yeah. So, and how many years have you been in this field? Because you are a PhD, so yeah, you're, you're an expert. Yeah, it depends how I count it. I would say about 15 years. Wow. Maybe even, yeah, I could even say 17, depending how I count it. Yeah. yeah. And you've well, never... When I started doing my master's, was around for about 17 years. I count that from then on. Yeah. Nice. And have you ever take a break from this field or this profession? No, not really. No. Okay. That's good. I mean, I've thought about it, but there's <laughs> definitely some, some times when I, I thought about quitting or doing something else, but, uh, but, uh, but there is something that you love that makes you be here. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I, lo- I really love how many, How many times do you do podcasts? What is your plan? I mean, in total, I mean, I've done probably about 30, 30, 30. Wow. About trauma. Wow. I mean, yeah, I like to talk about other people like like yourself that work in trauma, but also people like survivors of trauma that want to share Mm. their story and or advocates. Wow. That's awesome. I think this is a good way of helping people that have gone through trauma yeah. to understand how. Yeah. And also I mean, I, what I've found is that people that have also have, have been through trauma and are resilient, that they also like, they like to share their story with the hopes that it mm-hmm. could uh, help other people. And it's also, I think, healing from them to, to share it, to like, it's like, I, you, you were saying with TIR, I mean, that's, it's like, um, to be able to share your story and be okay with it and not be, not have your amygdala too uh, active. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. And in order to work in trauma, we have to work on our traumas first, right? Right. So to see how it is.